so much, all those on the platform. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 4. Pastor Stevens is in Mexico City. Be praying for him. And um, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 4, we're looking forward to this coming weekend. The play, the opportunity to see souls saved. And I want to really encourage the people of God, don't pick and choose. I'll come Friday, not Saturday. I don't need to see it twice. It's an evangelistic event. We need the dominion of God's people in in both showings. And so please do everything you can to make that your priority. There will be plenty of other days and times that we can do stuff. Uh, but we need the people of God here helping out with that. Matthew chapter 4. There are a couple of things that need to set uh, that need to set the pace for this sermon today. And the first of those is that as born-again believers, we are saved and redeemed to live in the authority of Christ. That means that God's church should be the ruling class in the spirit world. Okay, And the second thing is the devil is an opportunist. And he does not just bow to this whole idea of God's people ruling over him and having authority over him. The Bible says, and this is the Puglisi paraphrase, like a roaring lion going here and there seeking whom he can gain authority over. <clears throat> In essence, that's what the scripture is saying. Now, something that every single Christian needs to be sober to the understanding of is that the demonic realm is very real. And the demonic realm is not passive, but very active, very aggressive. And it is more involved in the daily affairs of life than many people understand. Now, the objective of hell is to gain authority over your life. To gain authority over your home, over God's church. Wherever he can wield influence, he will... And where he cannot, he will continue to try. John said in 1 John 3, verse 8, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, I hope this sermon can be a catalyst to destroy some of those works this morning. One preacher said, the devil wants you begging, Jesus wants you living. The devil wants you crawling, Jesus wants you walking. The devil wants you whining, Jesus wants you dining. The devil wants you down, Jesus wants you up. And I want to preach on living in the authority of Christ this morning. And I want to preach out of Matthew 4, beginning in verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. You ever thought about that? It's like, yeah, he's hungry. You know? Why did the Bible say that? He was hungry. 40 days, you'd be hungry. But I don't know why the Bible says that. But anyway, now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. He answered, and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, 
If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it's written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up to an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I'll give to you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered, living in the authority of Christ. And I want to first consider the authority of Christ. Now, when Jesus came on the scene, early first century, the devil had run rampant upon the human race. Now, Matthew speaks with prophetic fulfillment in his gospel. And he says in Matthew eight sixteen and 17, when the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. He cast out the spirits with a word. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. So when Jesus came, he established the authority of the kingdom of God upon the earth. With this authority, the powers of darkness were confronted, and many of the devil's strongholds were broken in people's lives, those strongholds that had been in place for a long, long time, and that should encourage some of you, that Jesus came and in his authority, he began to break through those. And how many know this is what needs to happen today? Now, the ministry of Jesus brought the authority of God into the equation. So when Jesus sends out his disciples, he sent them out with the authority of Christ upon them. And the Bible says in Matthew 10, 6 through 8, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here's this established authority that God put in them. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So Jesus invested his authority into his followers, and this would be totally sealed once the day of Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit baptism was poured out. Now Luke records that when the disciples returned, and there were two different occasions, but here he records that they came in Luke 10, 17, and the 70 returned with great joy and said, Lord, even the demons are subject in your name. We, we saw even demons that had to bow before us because the authority of Christ in them was so powerful that this was the response. Now, in our text, we have somewhat of a showdown of powers. Here's Jesus Christ. Here's the devil himself. The devil is seeking access to the Son of God. Jesus, using his authority and the authority of Scripture, pushes back on this. And so the devil is looking for this access point to undermine the authority of Christ. And what I just said is a constant effort of hell, and that is to undermine the authority of Christ in your life uh, 
and to shake you, to steal your confidence, fill you with fear, anxiety, uncertainty, and any sort of torment or bondage that he can. This is what the devil does. He doesn't stop it. If he doesn't find one way, he'll try another. And in one of the Gospels, it records that after the devil left him, he left him for another opportune time. So this is what we're dealing with in the authority of Christ. Now, the Christian life is meant to be lived in the authority of Christ. 1 John 4, 4. For you are of God, little children, and have overcome him. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So this is one of the great scriptures in the Bible that establishes the triumphing authority of Christ that dwells in the believer. If you're saved, if you're Holy Ghost filled with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, then this is what lives in you. And it ought to bring triumph at the end of the day, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. This doesn't mean there won't be a fight This doesn't mean there won't be setbacks in the agenda. But at the end of the day, uh, this is the triumphing authority of Christ that dwells in the believer of Jesus Christ. This begins with your ability to overcome sin. If you're a new Christian here, uh, stop saying to yourself, it's hard, I can't do it. No, no, no. For greater is he that's in you uh, than he that's in the world. This means that you can overcome your sin and live a life that has dominion and authority over all the powers of darkness. The Bible makes a declaration in Ephesians 1, 19 through 23, in what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that age which is to come, he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills All in all. So here's this powerful declaration of the position that we live in as Christians. That he gave to the church all of his authority. That he's the Bible says that Jesus is above every principality and power. It's under his feet and that he fulfills that through the church, through you and I. That we are vessels of the very same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. Do you understand that? That the same magnificent moment uh, when Christ was risen by the power of God, that same Spirit dwells in us. Every other spirit is subject to Christ. He is in a position of authority above all else. He is above all principality and power and dominion. And the day of Pentecost assured that this power and authority would forever be available to the believers in Jesus Christ. 
in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, has come upon you, uh, that this would consummate the authority of Christ to His church. Uh, this is why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a believer, uh, because you need that power dwelling in you. Amen. Uh, Jesus gave, uh, in two different Gospels, uh, His commission in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20, and Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so now he confers that power. Go therefore and make this, excuse me, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So here's the conferring of of this power, and in Mark sixteen fifteen through 18, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. So how many believe here? These signs should be following us. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. See, that's the authority that Christ has invested in our lives. We're talking about the authority of Christ that is available to us, should live in us, by virtue of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the conclusion of the matter is that we, God's church, should be the ruling class in the spirit world. We shouldn't be under, we should be over. So this brings me secondly then to the topic of spiritual jurisdiction. There's an issue that we must understand, and it has to do with spiritual jurisdiction. We learn through the story of Job that the devil cannot just impose his authority wherever he pleases. In Job chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, and there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, and blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and, and, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all he has is in your power. Only don't lay hands on his person. So Satan, in this occasion, has to have permission from God. And as we're going to see in a moment, if he doesn't have permission from God, then there has to be something that gives him jurisdiction to our lives, to our homes, church, whatever it is. He can't just freely come plop himself down, establish his dominion unless he has jurisdiction. So follow me. Now we know the Bible tells us he has sway 
over the multitudes due to a fallen world, due to unrepentant hearts in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe unless the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. So it's very apparent on the one hand, the devil has jurisdiction in this world due to fallen nature. This is the reason that he can do what he does. But his access point is that very thing, is the fallen hearts of men. Ephesians 2, 1 and 3, and he made you who he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in what, when you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like others. So this fallen world is the devil's jurisdiction. He is the prince of this world. Okay? And for the most part, he can come and go and do what he pleases. And this is what we see happening in our world. And to all those that love to blame God, if God was so good and if God was love. No, you have no understanding of the topic of jurisdiction and how that works. The devil exploits man's fallen nature. That's bad news for you if you're not a Christian this morning. Because that means he can exploit your life however he wants, whenever he wants, and there's little you can do about it. If you're going to live in sin, then you are subject to every scheme of hell and have no real way of opposing that outside of giving your life to Jesus Christ. Which you will have a great opportunity this morning. In 1 John 3.10, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. That's bad news for some of you too. But this is the general understanding of the devil's jurisdiction. For all of those, again, that love to blame God for the woes of our world, it comes down to where the devil has jurisdiction. And once the kingdom of God is established, it begins to invade the devil's jurisdiction, which is why you and I need to be active members of the church, not passive uh, uh, pew fillers. Because dominion comes as you and I go and take the kingdom of God. So as Jesus comes out of this temptation experience in this wilderness... He now goes into the devil's jurisdiction where he has dominion. And and he says in Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So so now he's going into the devil's jurisdiction and he's establishing the kingdom and he's establishing the message of the kingdom, repentance. Repentance. You want to establish God's dominion, you need to be preaching that message. Because that's the message that if it gets people's attention, it will begin to draw them out. It will give us then influence by the Holy Spirit over all the devil's schemes. 
So in our text, we discover some of these specifics of what gives the devil jurisdiction now over God's people. Because that's really where I'm going with this this morning. Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the Word incarnate. There's no greater authority on earth than Jesus Christ himself. Yet here we find the devil seeking an advantage against the Son of God, seeking some sort of authority or dominion over Christ himself. Now, he didn't get that dominion, but by virtue of the fact that he tried, tells you uh, what he's up to. If he tried it with the Son of God, don't you think he would try that with us? Of course. He uses the temptation of the world or of power and prestige. He tempts through religion and religious mindsets or he tempts with idolatry, all sorts of things uh, to try to find access. Uh, All he needs is for Christ to fail in one point of temptation and now he's got his point of jurisdiction. You see that this morning? Do you know that a full-grown mouse can fit through a hole the size of less than a dime? A baby mouse can fit through a hole the size of a ballpoint pen. Once a mouse is in your home, don't go having nightmares now. Once a mouse is in your home, they reproduce prolifically in a small amount of time. And now you have a mouse infestation. Yep, that's what that scratching in the walls is. You know, all the devil needs is just a little open door, a little crevice, and he slips in. And now the process of undermining the authority of Christ in your life is powerfully at work. Pastor Stevens just finished a Sunday school on inherited curses. Now, I have long held the position... And I I hold this simply out of my own life and my own revelation of how it works in my life. But I long held the position that the devil will never in your lifetime stop trying to bring the curses back on your life. That, That ought to alert you if you think somehow I got saved, it's all gone. No, 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 no. I I've I've I can note the the time frames and their seasons. That I can tell the devil is pushing those curses and he's trying to bring them back in my life. I can identify them now. And sometimes even then you have to sit and listen to a Sunday school again to realize, whoa, I missed that one. I missed that one. Once it is evident that a family or inherited curse is at work, and this is important for you to understand if you're going to break this. You must push back with all your might. You cannot passively go. You can't dismiss it. Or just, no, 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 no. We're talking about something very real, something very aggressive. You have to push back intensely in order to break it. If you accept it in any way, it will remain. That can be the inherited curses of emotional dispositions. It can be sickness issues. It can be a lot of things that are associated. But this is, this is a very real element and, and, and all the devil needs is just a little crevice to get in. To undermine the authority of Christ that holds all of that in check. 
So here's something you must fully understand. If the devil gains authority in an area of our life, it is because something is allowing him that authority. We don't like to think that way because it puts a bit on us. But if you see that he's got the foothold and there's things that are working, you know they're demonically inspired, uh, they're of fleshly origin, uh, but they're cementing themselves. Uh, the devil can only establish himself if something is allowing that in there. Otherwise, he has no jurisdiction. There are many things that can be listed as what allows him authority in your life. Many of them you've heard before. Obviously, sin is one of them. If you're in sin of any sort or rebellion of any sort, it immediately opens the door. Connections with certain people, soul bonds that are at work, uh, that as you're a new Christian, you have to understand these things uh, because you're coming out of the world. You're attached to to a life of sin and people of sin and, and you have to make some radical decisions about who you're going to connect your life with because it's going to affect you. It's going to open a door for the devil's authority to trump the authority of Christ. Uh, religious symbols that we're ignorant of many times uh, uh, allow an avenue of, of demonic flowing. Uh, you know, we can even say in the age of TV... We have to be very careful in our homes because this opens the door in our homes depending on what you're allowing to come through that television and be practiced in your home. What our kids bring into our homes when they're in rebellion and their connections through social media. You know, we, we're so blase blah about that. Just, you know, we really don't think it's as big of a deal as it is. It is. And that's why your home is so unsettled, perhaps. Inherited curses, any sort of idolatry. There are also certain emotional dispositions that will open a door for the devil to undermine the authority of Christ. Unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, self-pity. When you give in to fear and anxiety, slander and evil speaking, whether it's coming from your lips or from someone else's lips. The point is, the devil can only wield his authority where something allows him jurisdiction. So let me then conclude with wielding the authority of Christ. And then we're going to believe God at this altar. We live in a day of powerless Christianity. It's the curse of the Christian world today, powerless. People trust in psychologists and psychiatrists more than God's word. And this can be blamed on all of us if we're not wielding the authority of Christ. If we're in word only but not in power. uh, Because, you know, it really is incomplete if we're witnessing and testifying but we're never laying hands on the sick. Incomplete. 1 Thessalonians 1.5, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and much assurance. And in our text, Jesus pushes back on the devil by taking a firm stand in God's word with faith. This will serve you well. This is why you need to be digging into the Word of God. The greatest authority other than the Holy Spirit in your life is the Word of God in your life. 
When we live this wishy-washy kind of open-ended Christianity where we hardly ever read our Bibles, this is the reason why you have a hard time assimilating to, to preaching. You always have an argument against preaching because, because you're not obeying the Word of God in your life. That's where dominion and authority comes from. Jesus uses this with faith and he pushes back on this demonic assault. Now, the word of God is the ultimate authority and the final word. The question is, do you believe that? Because you have to believe that about the word of God if you're going to wield this authority. And back this up with the Holy Spirit and faith. And you have the authority to overcome all that hell throws at you. And he will throw everything in the kitchen sink. The other thing that Christ is doing is he's closing off every door of hell into his life. Because think about this. He's, he's being tempted with prestige and power and position and all these worldly things. Uh, Jesus never allows any of the devil's attempt to access his life to come to anything. He never gives into it. Now, the Bible gives us a recipe to push back on hell and close every door of access to the devil. How many want that this morning? You want the recipe to be able to push back on hell because you recognize, and I'm preaching, that you know what? The authority of Christ has been undermined in my life. It's been undermined in my marriage, in my home. It's in James 4, verses 7 through 11. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So what's the recipe? It begins with resisting the devil. You know what you need to learn how to do? You need to learn how to resist the devil. Push back. Comes in, starts with all of his nonsense, begins to afflict you, begins to assault you, and push back. Hard. And then he says, submit to God, because it's incomplete unless that submission is there, and draw near to him. You know what the problem with too many lives is? They're just not close enough to God. Just not close enough to God. And then he says, purify your hearts. That means live clean. And then stay humble in the sight of God. Be dependent on God. Satan is seeking an open door, any open door that he can find, even very small ones. You have to radically, powerfully, resist, close doors by obeying God's word and standing powerfully in his word. If you're not willing to do that, I can't give you any guarantees. What this world needs is Christians functioning in the power of God, seeing healing and deliverance as a normal occurrence. We have to ask ourselves, every one of us, Is my evangelism coupled with this? Because it's incomplete if it's not. We all have to ask ourselves this. It was a common occurrence in the New Testament. Part of the commission said this will follow. This is what will happen. In Luke 16, 16, the law 
and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. I love that. That's, a, that's, that's the militance that drew us as young men to, to a church like this. Type of aggressive language, forcing your way into the kingdom, forcing your way through all the nonsense of hell and the nonsense of this world and, and throwing yourself into the kingdom of God and going all out. We need to be forcing the issues of the kingdom of God and demonstrating God's power to a lost, dying, and bound generation. I don't need many amens, but can you say amen right there? And here's where the evangelism of the church comes in. We are called to establish the kingdom of God and all of its power. The preaching of the gospel and the laying on of the hands of the sick is a commission of the church. Every single believer, not one of you that's born again is exempt from that. Not one of you. You can wiggle your way out of it. You can change your theologies of why, but nope, not a one of us. If you're a Christian, you're born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit, then that is our commission. One without the other is incomplete evangelism. And Here's where the dominion and authority of Christ is wielded by the church. We should be the ruling class in the spirit world. I'm not saying this is all easy stuff. Listen, I believe this stuff with all my heart, and I get stumped many times trying to figure this out, pray through things with people. I'm like, Lord, you got to help us. I love the day, and, and Pastor Mitchell said it. We're, we're, we're going to do what we do in the context of the disposition we have but we're looking for the day where it's like the New Testament where it's just flowing and the Spirit of God's at work and bondages are breaking and demons are coming out and people are being healed. But that doesn't limit what God wants to do and still can do. But it all comes down to living in the authority of Christ. That must be in you, in your personal experience in Jesus Christ. That must be in you. Otherwise... The devil has access. Do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, why he wants. You can whine, you can complain, or you can start resisting him in the Holy Ghost. Say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you have no more right. You remember the the movie we watched here? Was it, which one was it? Huh? War Room. Yeah, the War Room one. That lady got ticked off. And she opened her doors and she tells the devil, you're out of here. Get out of my house. Some of you need to do that. I was talking with the brethren. Sorry, brethren, if this was you. But they had some funky old man that was dead in a spirit living in their house. So word gets to me they're having these Bible studies and people walking past this door and it's like, who's that dude in there? Yeah, we just kind of ignore him. You what? Bro, do you know about taking dominion? And one of the brothers finally rose up to my understanding and said, let's do it right now. Yeah, that's what I like. When I go to pray for people's houses, when they tell me, yeah, there's a certain spot in the house that's funky, I go right there first. Sometimes the little hair I have does stand up. (laughs) Got to take dominion. I'm finished with you, devil. 
wreaking havoc on my life. I'm finished with your afflictions, your torment, your lying. I'm done. You're out of here. And you get a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life. A fresh sense of God's word and authority in you. I'm not talking about just, you may be here this morning and you may be new to the church. Maybe you've never been here. Maybe you've been here a few times, but you haven't made that decision about Jesus in your life. You may be a good person. You may believe in this stuff, but you have not made it real in your life through repentance. This is the big decision of life right here. Because what I'm talking about is very real. The demonic realm is very real. And it will use anything it can to wield authority over you and torment you and oppress you and, and just ruin your life, ruin your family, ruin all that you touch. The Bible says that the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. But Jesus countered that. He says, but I've come to give you abundant life. See, which one do you want? That's really the choice. Which one do you want? And it really is your choice. You have to decide today. I was sitting in your chair, which I was once upon a time. was not right with God. was hearing a preacher say the things I'm saying. And I said, you know what? It's a no-brainer. I want the Christ part. I want the abundant life part. I don't want to be ripped off anymore, messed up anymore. Don't underestimate what I'm talking about is powerful. I'm talking about Jesus Christ inhabiting your life today and beginning to drive out all of the strongholds of the enemy. Begin to put your life on solid ground, put you back in your right mind. It's a story in the Bible of a man that was demon-possessed, demon-possessed with thousands of demons, In one word, Jesus spoke and those demons left. And the Bible says that man sat in his right mind. He had been out of his mind for most of his life. And in a moment of time, he's back in his right mind because the demonic activity was trumped by Jesus Christ. That's what happens when you pray, when you ask Jesus in your life. That's what happens. And you're here and you're ready for that. You're ready to get your heart right with God. You're ready for the authority of Jesus Christ to come into your life. Tired of living the way you're living. Tired of all the torment, craziness, the insanity. Ready for Jesus. You'll let me pray with you this morning and help you with that. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up. You know what? That's me. That's where I'm living my life. You're nailing it. You're describing me. Thank you so much, sir. God's going to help you. You can put that hand down. Who else? I'm ready to give my life to Christ. I'm ready for the authority of Jesus to overcome all the nonsense of my life. I'm ready to be forgiven, changed, feel the love of God. Let me pray with you. Who would that be? You just acknowledge that by simply lifting your hand. You know what? That's me. That's where I'm living. But I'm ready to get right today. Would you pray with me? Anybody here? Who else with this honest heart? That's where I'm living. Please pray with me. I need Jesus. Who else? God's dealing with you right now. Just put your hand up to acknowledge. You can put it right back down and we'll pray with you this morning. God will help you. He will meet with you. He will be so real in your life. You're backslidden. 
no worse position to know the truth and not be living it. But you're ready to come back today. You know what? Pastor Puglisi, pray with me. Pray for me. That's you, you'd say, lifting my hand to say, that's me. I, I, I need God's prayer. Thank you so much. Who else? Lifting my hand. That's, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Who else? That's what I'm ready for. That's what I want today. I want all of God, everything He is, everything He has for me. I'm so tired of living the way I'm ready for Jesus. Who else would that be? Lift your hand up. God will help you this morning. God will move on your behalf in a way that will blow your mind. Addictions can be broken today. Curses can be broken today. The miracle of Christ in your life today. Who else along with these honest hearts? Lift your hand up. You can put it right back down once I see it. You know what? God's dealing with me. I'm ready to get right with God today. Lift your hand up. God's dealing with you. I want to pray with you. Just acknowledge that. Simply lifting your hand, putting it right back down. Anybody else? Backslidden, not saved, ready for Christ. Lift your hand up. Put it right back down. Okay, of those that lifted your hand, would you look at me eye to eye? Would you look at me eye to eye? Did you mean that, sir? You meant that, didn't you? Yeah, you meant that. Somebody else over here. I need you to come meet me at this altar. I need you to come. Just come. Somebody's walking with you. Somebody's walking with you. God bless you. Somebody else. Just their eyes. Whoever else was that lifted your hand. Come right now. God is going to help you. Every other head is bowed. Living in the authority of Christ. That's what every one of us needs to be doing. God has conferred that authority. But the issue of jurisdiction, we need to understand. If the devil's wreaking havoc, there's something allowing him to wreak that havoc. Something has allowed him to establish his place. And in some cases, it may not be a big deal, and so you just learn to live with it. But I would say, you know what, if I know there's something that's not of God, I'm going to push back on it. But some of you, it's far deeper. It's, it's deep, it's tormenting, it's turmoil, it's bondage. You're a child of God, but, but all these things, where is this coming from? Well, you know what? Something's allowing him that authority. That's what you've got to get to the bottom of. Close the door and push back. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to God and he will draw near to you. Do you hear the the language there? So we're going to open these altars. I want you to come make a place before God. And we're going to press into the kingdom this morning. That's the call. I'm pressing into the kingdom. I'm not going to be a fringer, kind of on the outside looking in. I'm pressing into the kingdom. At this altar today, I am closing some doors of my life. I am closing some doors. I'll tell you, God is going to move on your behalf. Some of you need to figure it out. Why is my home so tormenting? Why is my mind so tormented? Why am I up and down like the wind? Why am I afflicted constantly? 
And again, I don't have this all figured out. And there's so many factors we're dealing with, but we need to get a hold of God. You need to hear from God for where you're at, your situation. You need to touch heaven. Some of you are dealing with the encroachment of inherited curses in your life. And and you've identified them, but you're not pushing back very hard. You're not contending very hard to break the curse of those things and declare yourself free of them. I want to challenge you today that you're going to really press in. Because there will never be a time in this lifetime that the devil ever stops trying to bring those curses back on our lives. I'm not saying he's always successful, but I'm just saying that's what he does. God, you're breaking yokes at this altar today. Decisions are being made. Declarations of authority are being made. Faith is being stirred. Oh, yes. Let the anointing break through this morning. Let it break through. Bring resolve in your heart. Bring resolve in your life. How are you going to serve Christ? Are you going to force your way into it? Or are you just going to kind of gingerly go about it? Because it's going to make all the difference on what authority is able to access and have dominion in your life. How are you going to do it? You've got to make that choice today at this altar. Don't walk away in indecision. Don't walk away double-minded. Make a decision. You know what, God? This is it. I'm claiming your word. I'm standing on your word. I'm closing off the doors that I've allowed to open that have allowed this to become a part of the dominion that's against the authority of Christ in my life. I'm reestablishing that authority today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want to do a particular prayer. I want you to stand at the altar, but don't leave the altar. I need everyone staying in place. And this isn't going to be for everybody. But there are people here, you have some real serious torment, afflictions, and bondages. I mean... I'm not talking about you just go through the normal temptations. Things ha- I'm talking about these are on you. They reoccur often. You've not been able to pin it down. It's especially in your mind or you are experiencing supernatural demonic manifestations against your life in particular. If that's you, I want you to come and stand right here in this front. The rest of you staying at the altar, just slightly backing up. If that's you, we're going to sing a song one time through, and you're going to stand. If that's you, you're coming right now. Sing this song one time through, and then we're going to pray. Oh, sing with us. We need God here this morning.
preaching a text came through and I, I just I, somebody just filled with hate and bitterness just vomiting all over me right in the middle of the sermon you wouldn't have known that because I just ignored it the devil doesn't like this sermon today now, I'm not sure who I'm praying for so lift your hand if I'm praying for you lift your hand that way I know how far back the line goes Okay. Now we're going to pray today by the dominion, the authority that we have in this assembly today, by the faith that we have. But you're going to have to press this thing through. Okay, you got to ask yourself, what's allowing this? What's allowing? Why is it here? Some of it you can control just by changing the way you think. Some of it you got to figure out what's allowing the devil this jurisdiction in my life. Okay? But I'm believing God that right now, how many of you have had demonic manifestations? Lift your hand. Those are the ones I'm looking for in particular. Demonic manifestations. Okay, you come right to the front if you're demonic manifestations. The rest you stay here. I'm praying for you too. Okay, we're going to pray and yokes are going to be broken today. It's not just my faith, it's your faith. Some of you need to let some things go. There's a lot of baggage we carry through life. Issues relationally. Anger and hatred and all sorts of things. You've got to let those go today. You've got to be done with them. You have to grieve with Christ. Because that will open the door to the demonic like nothing else will. Let it go. Let go of your jealousy. Let go of your envy. Let go of your hatred. Your bitterness, all the nonsense the devil wants to promote in your head, let it go today. Forgive and let it go. And for some of you, this is going to seal the deal. Lift your hands together and I want you to pray. Oh, God in heaven. I come by the blood of Jesus. I come in faith, in your word, as a child of God. I take dominion. I take authority over every demonic working. And today, I resist every demonic influence. By the blood of Jesus Christ, I turn back the powers of darkness. I break the curses over my life. And I submit unto you, O God... I'm asking you, draw near to me, and today break through in my life, you spirit of torment, you spirit of affliction, sickness, and disease, you lies. I command your hold, be broken in my life, the blood of Jesus covers me. I stand in the authority of Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Begin to worship God by the blood of Jesus. Break the curse right now in Jesus' name. Break it in Jesus' name. Lucer in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, touch this morning. 
Ye spirit of torment, loose her in Jesus' name. Loose her right now. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Loose him. Oh, in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus by the bloodshed. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Loose her right now. Oh, break the curse and bondage, you lying spirit. Leave right now in Jesus' name. Leave her in Jesus' name. Leave her right now. Oh, power of God, touch right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Worship Him together. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord and Savior, wonderful God. Hallelujah. Oh, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Hallelujah. Thank God. So I feel God's dominion here. You need to walk in that. You need to claim it. It's time to be fed up, sick and tired. And if you're not figuring it out, get somebody to pray with you, help you fast a little bit. Oh, but God, this isn't a, something that God doesn't want to do. You've got to understand that. But remember, it's really incumbent on you. You've got to close the doors. Got to cl- if I missed anybody, the power of God's flowing right now. I apologize. I, I didn't get all the hands. But listen, you've got to close the doors. That's, that's the most important thing. He only has jurisdiction if he's alive. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Oh, God, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Amen. You need to carry that into service tonight. Carry it into prayer meeting. Amen. Get a hold of God. Tell you what, you're going to be set free, man. You're going to have the victory. Mind-blowing. Don't live in nominal Christianity. Let's, let's force our way into this thing. Let's go all out. And you go out there and, and demonstrate the power of God. This generation needs it so badly. Let's, let's be those vessels. Amen. We're going to dismiss. Don't forget tonight. 5.30 prayer, 6.30 service. Let's come expecting God to move. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. We're rejoicing. God is so good. Armando Enriquez is lifting his voice and dismissing us. God,